Ginny always sings from her heart. And how true. Life has a different perspective from the mountain. The shepherd, if we take his hand, he will lead us to the promised land. Shall we just open in a, in a word of prayer this morning? Father, we come to you with open hearts, open minds, and an open Bible. We come and thank you for the freedoms that we have in our nation to gather as we're doing this morning. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will speak through your word and you will hide me behind the cross. Lord, we just pray that you'll have a message for each and every one of us to take home with us today. Lord, it's a simple truth that you will guide us and encourage us, grow us as Christians, Lord, and make us more like Christ. We pray in his precious name. Amen. Going back quite a few years, back to the year 1896, Norman Kidd McCoy was the welterweight boxing champion. In one of his fights, he learned that his opponent was deaf. McCoy finally discovered this, and as they were near the end of the third round, McCoy stepped back and pointed to his opponent's corner, indicating that the bell had rung. When his opponent turned his head, McCoy unloaded a powerful blow and knocked him out. It wasn't fair, but it was effective. Satan does not play fair. He is a deceiver, he is a destroyer, and he wants to ruin our, our lives. We need to be aware of his attacks, and the title of our message today is being on guard against attack. If Israel had been as they had been before, alert to the terrorist strikes, they may not have suffered like they did, but they were not on the alert. And it's so easy for us as Christians to become comfortable and think we're doing fine, and the devil is looking for an opportunity to get in there and do his number on us. Thomas Brooks said this, Satan promises the best, but pays the worst. Satan promises honor and pays with disgrace. He promises pleasure, but pays with pain. He promises profit, but he pays with loss. He promises life and pays with death. Everything that the devil does, he packages it in such a way that it looks attractive, it looks good, it looks harmless, it looks innocent. And he, what he wants to do is he wants to scam us. He wants to deceive us. He wants to, to trip us up. He wants to get us to fall into temptation. About a month ago, I was scammed. Hoodwinked, I say. I was deceived. And I fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. And looking back on it, I said, Dean, how could you have fallen for that? Which you know, and you're always careful, and I'm always careful against these scams. But I liken it to a house. Your front door is closed and locked. Your side doors are closed and locked. The sliding glass doors are locked. 
All the windows around the house are locked, except one little bathroom window is open. And if that happens in our lives, the devil can come right through that bathroom window. And that's what he did with me. And yet the Lord had such mercy on me that I didn't lose any money and I was only hurt by it. But I came through it thankful, learning a great lesson in life. We can never take it for granted. We can never think we're strong enough, that we know enough or anything like that because the devil knows our weaknesses. He knows our frailties. He knows where to hit us. He knows what buttons to push. And what's true of one person is not true of another. And the devil and his henchmen, I call them, the demons, sit around a conference table thinking about how they're going to get you and get me. We can't let him do it. We can't be ignorant of his devices. And we have to be on guard continually. The Lord Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane to his sleeping disciples, he said, watch and pray that you enter, that you, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I thought about that for a moment. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. What that means, we can know the truth, but we have to act on it. We have to stay close to the Lord. As Jenny sang in that song, we have to hold on to the shepherd's hand. He is our good shepherd. He will lead us. But when we start to stray a little bit, the devil just sees that as an opportunity to get in there and drive a wedge in there and cause all kinds of grief and all kinds of problems. The three things that we're going to look at today we as Christians need to have three things, alertness, avoidance, and awareness. Those three things, alertness, avoidance, and awareness. And they're all in our text. Because when he says alertness, watch and pray. When he says avoidance, lest you enter into temptation. And awareness, we need to be aware that our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. From the moment we get saved, we have a new nature. But we still have the old one. And the old one is at war with the new one at all times. And so we have to be alert. And we have to avoid the temptations and avoid the sin from the temptation. And we have to know that our spirit is willing and our flesh is weak. First of all, alertness. Just this week, they had a national alert that went out to everyone. Everyone in the whole country. You, you probably saw it. I'm sure you saw it. It was on our cell phones. It was on our tablets. It was on TV, radio, everywhere. To alert everyone that if there was a, a national emergency that affected the whole country, you could be notified in a moment. Imagine that. It's a very good system. It's too bad that there's not such a thing with Satan's attacks, where we could have a, an alert to know that he's coming, that he's going to do this and he's going to do that. It doesn't work that way, though. And so we have to be on guard through prayer and through the word of God against the attacks of the devil. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6, the Apostle Paul says to the Thessalonian believers, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. 
This was never more true than it is today. Satan takes all his tricks and his wiles and he applies them to all the modern technology. He uses it all and he knows exactly what to do. The devil is not stupid in that regard. He's not ignorant, but he is stupid because he's a defeated foe, because Christ defeated him on the cross, but he's still fighting the battle. And we have to be on guard. The devil is sneaky. He's evil. He's sinister. He's a dangerous, roaring lion. That's what Peter said. Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks about seeking, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Can you imagine if there was, we walked out of that door today and we were to see a lion? Oh, we'd be all scared to death. A roaring lion coming at us? Scary, right? That's not the most scary thing about Satan as a roaring lion. He's dangerous but he's more dangerous as an angel of light. He's able to transform himself into an angel of light. He's way more dangerous in, in that regard. It says so. Paul said it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14. Paul says, And no wonder, for Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. Satan is a liar. Satan is a deceiver. Satan is a counterfeiter. Satan is a thief, a robber. Satan is a scammer. And Satan is a murderer. Boy, he has the worst track record you could ever believe. You know, when you go to the post office, they used to have up, I don't see them anymore, but they used to have up the most wanted, and they'd show pictures of the criminals, the FBI's most, 10 most wanted and everything. They had shows on it and everything like that. Satan has been public enemy number one from the very beginning of time. Started in the Garden of Eden, and what did he do? He deceived Eve. He thought she was going to get something beautiful and glorious and all of that, and what she got was sin, and it brought forth death, and it's been doing the same thing ever since. And he has been at his evil work every day ever since. But imagine, think with me for a moment, if Satan told the truth about his temptations of us, right? If he told us that in the beginning, do you think he'd get any takers? Here's a story for you. It might go something like this. Satan, you should cheat on your wife with that good-looking girl at the office. The person. I don't think so. It's wrong, and it would hurt my wife. Satan, fair enough, you make a good point, but look, I've run a cost-benefit analysis for you. <laughs> this story is amazing. Okay, cost-benefit analysis. First, the benefit, Satan tells you. A few moments, a few moments of sinful pleasure. Now for the costs involved. Disobedience to God. Erode your communication with God. Ruin your marriage. Humiliate your wife. Mess up your kids' lives. Public humiliation and disgrace. 
might mess up your co-worker's life, may cause dis diseases, unwanted pregnancy, may cause you dishonor and disgrace at your church, might wreck your witness and testimony. Satan doesn't tell us that, does he? He presents it in such a way as makes it look so good and there's no consequences to this. You can do it. Nobody will see you. You can get away with it. It'll be just fine. Everybody else is doing it. That's what he says. He makes it so appealing. But what happens is the punchline is the end result is always, always bad. So that's the very first thing we have to keep in mind. Whether you've been a Christian for a year or 10 years or more, we have to be on the alert 24-7. Secondly, avoidance. We want to avoid the temptation as much as we can. We want to avoid falling prey to the temptation as much as we can. And that's why Jesus said, lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Jesus doesn't tempt people to do evil. Satan does. And he uses our sinful flesh like a magnet. And he tries to draw us in and cause havoc in our lives. In the Lord's Prayer, one of the requests that Jesus mentioned in Matthew 6.13 was this, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I learned years ago, I think it was from Bill McDonald, this prayer. To pray that the desire to sin and the opportunity to sin won't coincide together. Because sometimes there's a desire to sin, but there's no opportunity. Praise God for that, right? Other times there is an opportunity, but there's not the desire. So we don't want those two to intersect because that's when we get into real trouble. Jesus wants us to avoid it. And we, he wants us to avoid it with his help. We have to be aware of our surroundings. We hear it all the time on the news. Be aware of your surroundings. You go to a strange place, it's dark, it's not lit. Be aware of your surroundings, something bad could happen, right? We need to be aware of our surroundings spiritually and not put ourselves into situations where we know we have a weakness in that. That's why it talks about in Scripture fleeing the temptation. That's exactly what Joseph did in the book of Genesis. He fled the temptation. And that's what we need to do as well. So we need to be alert at all times. So many times we can think, I can handle it. I'm strong enough. I know enough about this. I know enough about that. Big mistake, big mistake. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, Therefore, he, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. The devil wants to puff us up, get us proud, thinking we can do these things, and then he's going to come in with a knockout blow, just like that fighter. We turn our head, bam, he's got it. We have to be so, so careful in our spiritual lives. The devil knows all about us, and he knows all about our weaknesses. Paul told Timothy, who was very young at that, at that time, he said, flee also youthful lusts, but pursue godliness, 
faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The thing about youthful lust is they never grow up. <laughs> I like that. The thing about youthful lust is they never grow up. You can be an old man and yet still have those youthful lusts because it's in us. It's that old nature, like I mentioned. That's why Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Even the great apostle Paul was aware of it. He said in Romans chapter 7 and verse 18, he says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not know. He was aware of the spiritual conflict that he had. We need to be aware of the spiritual conflict we have and not take it for granted. I never thought I could be scammed. I never thought it would happen to me, but it can happen to any Christian. And not just that, it can be in many different forms, many different ways. Two of the most common are lust and greed. And those are things we have to watch out for, but there are other things that can trip us up and we need to watch out. The other day we were, after this incident had happened with me, we were singing in the worship team, and I even remembered this even before we sang it, but it says this, one of the lines of the song says this, many souls have been his prey to fall in some weak hour, but God has promised us today his overcoming power. You can hear the, the tune, right? It's so beautiful. It's so true. We don't have to fall. God doesn't want us to fall. He wants us to rely on his overcoming power. That's the only way to defeat Satan is through God's power. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't fight the devil. We, we just can't. Someone once said, when you flee temptation, be sure not to leave a forwarding address. <laughs> Isn't that true? When we flee temptation, don't leave a forwarding address. When the devil knocks at the door, don't answer it. When the devil calls on the phone, don't answer it. Because it's always going to result in something bad. How many remember Margaret Thatcher in England? You have to be a little bit older probably to remember her. Okay. Well, she was called the Iron Lady, a very fierce, very wonderful leader of, of England. She's the late prime minister. And she said this, and it's very appropriate to us, you may have to fight a battle more than once. You may have to fight a battle more than once. We rarely get the permanent victory because even if we do, the devil's going to try another scheme that's going to be similar. He's going to try another thing to get to us. We can never rest on our laurels and think, We've arrived at all. And we can't use it as an excuse either. It's easy to use it as an excuse, right? Well, my flesh is weak. I, Lord, you know my heart. You know I, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak, and I couldn't help it. And th That is not an excuse. Why? Because he has given us the power through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't always avail ourselves, though, of that power, which we need to do in order to be victorious. A man named Dr. W.G. Scroge said one time, the flesh may be defined as man's fallen nature under the power of sin. 
It is the evil principle in man's nature. The traitor within who is in league with the attackers without. The flesh provides the tinder on which the devil's temptations can kindle. And that's so true. We have three enemies. Three enemies. The world, the flesh, and the devil. And if I was to ask you, which one of those three would you consider your greatest enemy? Would it be the world? The attraction and the pull of this world? That's pretty strong. Or would it be the devil who encourages you to sin? And that's pretty strong, and he comes at us real hard. I think that it's the third one. The flesh is the worst because the first two, the world and, and the devil, they are outside of us. They're without, but within is this evil nature, the traitor within. It's amazing. When we were fighting in World War II, there was called the axis of evil. Germany, Italy, and Japan. They formed an axis of evil, and it took all the allies, the United States, France, England, all the countries of the world, Canada, Australia, all of them, we all, all had to join together to defeat the axis of evil. And so too, in the Christian life, we have an axis of evil against us, the world, the flesh, and the devil. We therefore have to be alert. We have to avoid the temptations and sin and we have to do God's will. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, and if you haven't memorized it yet, I recommend you memorize it today. It's a short verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57. They're going to put it on the screen. Here Paul says at the end of this glorious chapter on the resurrection, he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that a beautiful verse? It's all him. He saved us. We couldn't save ourselves. He gives us the victory over sin. We can't do it on our own. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's remember these three things today about the devil's attacks and his use of temptation. Let's remember to be on the alert, not to take anything for granted, to fill our minds with the word of God every day, to pray every day, not only for ourselves, but for every Christian in our church and everything in the, in, in, we can pray for, to be on the alert. Secondly, we need to avoid situations that put us into a bad lot. We must be aware of our surroundings spiritually, that our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. We can't trust the flesh. We have to trust the Lord. And may we be aware. We, may we have awareness. And may we trust the Lord. God wants to give us the victory. We have to claim it. We have to appropriate it. It's like you go down a freeway and the Lord provides an exit off of there. The way of escape. Take that exit. You keep going. And, and then, then there's another one. The Lord provides another exit to get off of that. Get off of that freeway. Get off of that. We don't do it. We keep going and going and going. And then we get hurt so bad. We have to trust in the Lord. 
That song that was written by Philip Doddridge is called Happy Day, Oh Happy Day. It's a beautiful song. And one of the lines of the song says this, Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can't fight the devil. The devil's going to do everything in his power to keep you from coming to Christ. He's going to have you delay it and postpone it and think about it later and I'll, I'll do it later and this and that. He's going to do that. And we can't let the devil win. So we need to come to Christ, confess our sins, repent of our sins, ask him to be our Savior, and he will change our lives. Now, it doesn't mean he's not going to attack because he's going to step up his attacks on Christians. And he does that. And the closer we get to the Lord, the more he wants to bring us down. But the Lord says, I'm going to give you my overcoming power. So shall we close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message. Simple as it is, we pray that you'll help us to have this alertness, this avoidance, and this awareness Lord, help us to go forth here today, Lord, encouraged, maybe convicted too, and help us to stay close to you and not give the devil an opportunity, Lord. And so we pray and ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen.